2: See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait, Patrick. Enzo. So
0: Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in overtime. And the New York Giants, given last
1: rights by many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. This is NFL Friday. Going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets, and across the NFL on WFUV Sports.
2: Welcome into another episode of NFL Friday for WFUV Sports. Now, I'm hosting with two people who I think I spend a pretty a pretty good amount of my waking hours talking sports with to begin with a lot of hours. I, yeah yeah, a lot of hours i have the pleasure of being joined by none other than william talent himself and chris Percyinen. now i think honestly a really good way i think a more fitting way to introduce chris more specifically is to apologize for how bad my voice sounds uh, my voice is a little croaky it's a little raw and it's actually because Chris and I were at City Field the other night watching Mets Rangers it was one of the most boring baseball games i've ever watched in my life you did you, there was a there was a home run for the Mets at the end but it was just dead bats the entire game but um i think i gave adolis garcia i was gonna say, mr garcia had, had yeah, garcia had a great night yeah adolis garcia had a great night cuz we sat in the right field porch of City Field and I screamed at Adolis Garcia the, the, the entire regularly,
0: night. The regularly sized right field porch.
2: Right, exactly. The Pepsi porch. I screamed, hey Adolis!" at the top of my lungs and heckled Adolis Garcia for the entire game. So I want to apologize to our listeners. I did have a great time, but I'm paying the price for it in my voice. But look, we have a great show for you today. Preseason is in the books. We've now been able to see most of the NFL's, uh, we should say, younger talent, a lot of the Roster decisions, a lot of final cuts, a lot of really tough decisions for majority of the league were made earlier this week as the basically all of the league's teams cut down to their mandated 53-man rosters. But more specifically, I think we need to start off by talking about what I think was the most blockbuster preseason matchup of the entire season, and it took place right here in the Tri-State. Now, it's funny saying that because... You know, I'm somebody. I've actually said it on both of my appearances on NFL Friday thus far that I kind of wish the preseason away. Um, I'm just ready for Week One. I know there's a lot of important decisions, important scouting to be done. You know, you know, roster spots to be decided. But nevertheless, the Jets and Giants faced off at MetLife Stadium last weekend, and I'm gonna be honest with you, it was it was the New York Jets game
1: through and through. Yeah, it definitely was, Jack. The Giants, you know, they only put up 24 points. They didn't use any of their starters, though. So mm. when you look at preseason, obviously, like you said, this was the blockbuster game. I was really looking forward to it as well. But, you know, you look at it, It does. how much does it really matter? Not a whole ton. I think at the beginning there's it matters a little more because it's, you know, an anticipated matchup. But then when it's all said and done, it's just like, okay, you know, the storylines that were there, they played out. The Giants didn't really start anybody. Um, Aaron Rodgers, he looked fine in the minutes that he played. And then that was pretty much the game. High-scoring preseason game, two, thirty-two 32 24 But overall, I liked what I saw out of... You know who the Giants played but for the most part a lot of the guys that played pretty decently in that game got cut by the Giants anyway so which was really interesting and that's <laughs> and
2: that's the thing is on paper like I was saying leading into this you look at a box score you know the only time where the Giants really put up a significant fight in this game was in the second quarter they bring it back from 14 nothing to 14 13 going into the half but you know besides that I don't really know how projectable this game can really be in the long run in terms of direct comparison because like you said there was really not a there was almost not a single giant starter that, that touched the field.
0: Yeah, you know, Dable said early what the tone of that game was going to be. Um, the Jets said early what the tone of that game was going to be. I, I think you can take a look at – you want me to therapize on you guys real quick? Like every situation, if someone's disappointed or someone's surprised by something that went on, it's because someone else or a different organization, different – Entity in that situation had a different set of expectations or goals or desires. If you and I went to a Mets game together and my goal was to really take notes and watch as seriously as possible, and I had hey Adolis going on (laughs) next to me all game, I would have been upset, right? But the thing is we went to that Met game with a shared goal and shared expectation that we were gonna have a nice time. So we just had a nice time. These two teams went into this preseason game with severely different expectations, goals, and desires. They did not want the same thing out of this game. They did honestly probably both wanted what the other team brought to the table. I think the Jets wanted to give the ones some run and have it happen against a pretty easy opponent in another team's twos. Uh, I I think the Giants wanted to... Take a look at their twos, especially against another team. A pretty decent
2: set of ones. So,
0: you you know, I think both teams got what they wanted out of this game. I I don't think the Giants were looking to the scoreboard as any sort of measure of success for this game as much as they were what they saw on the tape. And overall, just the the tape that they collected. The fact that more tape exists is probably just all they wanted. Mm -hmm. So take a look at that. Finish up your evaluations on guys. Cut your roster down. Uh, I I think they're set. So, you know, this to me was a funny enough that it's, I think it says a lot about this week in the NFL, the quiet before the storm, that mm-hmm. this kind of is our story of the week because it's a non-story. Preseason game happened between two National Football League teams in which one scored more points than the other and was thus declared the winner. Well, Slap it on the front page. Yeah, like, I and, just
2: can't. And it was kind of looked at, I think, going into the game as the Aaron Rodgers game. In fact, I didn't really like... People referring to it as his first win as a New York Jet because, yes, technically it was a regulation NFL game where they finished with more points. But I kind of want to wait till I kind of want to get to the regular season before we're making that, uh you know, titling, you know, making that the title of the game. But I do want to talk about Aaron Rodgers really quick and just how he looked in this game because he was only in for one drive, as they should. I mean, they shouldn't be wasting any time. I think he got, got two series. Was it two series? Or was it one, two? It was two. It was it was two. two. It, it was yeah. two. That's my apologies. Um, so he goes five for eight through the air for 47 yards and a touchdown. Has a beautiful touchdown pass to Garrett Wilson, which would be his only touchdown of the game. I believe it was on their first drive. Um, and he looked comfortable. That's I think what was the main thing. That again, he was going against the Giants twos for the most part, but. I think the one thing that we're seeing above all else, I don't think it was an electric debut. I don't think it was a, you know, overly exciting debut. It was just Aaron Rodgers looking like the comfortable Aaron Rodgers that we're seeing, especially through, you know, these hard knocks episodes and through this, you know,
1: very highly publicized transition into New York. Yeah, even that, Jack. I'm not I'm not even gonna look into that too much because, you know, before this game it was the first time that Rodgers has played in the preseason game in five years, and in that span, he won two MVPs. Right, so, right. It's like this guy can really just play whenever he wants to, however he wants exactly. to. And, um, yeah, he went five for 80 47 yards. Did throw a touchdown. That's cool. I think if you want to look at that, him and Garrett Wilson, from everything that you see on Hard Knocks, on social media, wh- whatever the case may be, they look good together. They look like a good, fun connection, you know, the old veteran superstar still quarterback and the young wide receiver heading into a big sophomore season. So that was cool, but other other than that and overall, I'm not I'm, I'm not really looking too much into how he played cuz you know week 1 he's going to show up big game and we'll get into that in a minute uh, in a little bit, but um that's when we'll see Aaron Rodgers really be Aaron Rodgers.
0: I think Salah was like all in on Rodgers playing this game and Rodgers understood it. You know, but I think Rodgers played this game the same way he showed up to a voluntary camp. Like, he's doing it to do it. And I don't think that's an unfair, admitted speculation. But, like, you you talk about how. You, like, look at Hard Knocks, right? I understand they're building a storyline, but Salah talks about. Sala talks about um, Rodgers playing in preseason. Like, this is you know, the arrival of the savior onto the planet. And Rodgers, yeah, we're going to throw a couple footballs. We'll see how it goes. (laughs) I I can't... Again, those are two guys that had different, I think, desires and goals. Maybe not expectations. I think Salah knew what to expect of Rodgers, but I think they had different desires and goals. Um, And so, like, if you have a serious takeaway from this Jets-Giants preseason game, like, get serious. Like, I don't, like, there's not really you know like I just can't (laughs) if you're using a preseason game against a team's twos to confirm or deny any sort of pre-existing agenda you had you're doing a great job of pushing narratives and and you know pushing agendas but um that's frankly not what we're here for so I I think I think that's that's that you know I I just don't have anything productive to say about this matchup besides I'm curious to see how Rodgers cool Cali disinterestedness plays with Salah, who is still running the stairs of the stadium before every game and is still, you know, making a big deal about everything. And then has slowly, as we've seen on hard knocks been like, ah, oh, well, Aaron, you just coach now. Like that's, you know, like I'm curious to see how that ages. Um, I'm curious to see if there's a point in the year at which the Jets struggle a little and Salah's is like, I need to regain command of my locker room. Um, <laughs> we'll see so yeah that's about it for me on on giants jets Uh, if you want we can talk about how they intersect here and what was probably the most unserious
2: well (laughs) yeah and that's that's the thing is 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 uninteresting as as we're kind of talking about this being only because again the the implications are not very significant in terms of a a matchup like this one in the preseason where again it's not even majority starters on the field and even the ones that do see two drives at the most we did get a little bit of we'll call it fireworks between the two teams uh basically it it really was made more popular through hard knocks because obviously that's how the exchange was miked up but you had jihad ward of the new york giants who had a somewhat heated exchange with Aaron Rodgers after making some late contact after a Aaron Rodgers pass attempt. And I think we could, I think it's safe to say Aaron Rodgers was less than thrilled. He ended up asking, uh, what the F is that? Um, and then dropped a line that he later called the uncombackable. Line, which was I don't know you.
0: I, I mean, this sounds like a kid telling his mom about the fight he won on the playground. Like, can we get an actual? Can we get an actual grip? Who? First of all, who cares? Second of all, <laughs> if you're Aaron Rodgers and you're Aaron Rodgers and you're someone who's like, oh, I'm, I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm so great, da 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 da. Cool. Show it on the field, right? Back it up, talk your trash, whatever. A late. First of all, discerned by you as a late hit. From who is effectively a a, a half starter, half second stringer who's bounced around the league his entire career. Like, Giants fans love Hottie Ward right? Because he's a locker room leader. He's a hilarious guy. He loves Wink Martindale. Giants fans love Wink Martindale. They get a lot with Jard- Jard Ward pretty well over their shared love for the defensive coordinator and how willing Hottie is to just buy into what Wink has always mm-hmm. wanted throughout his career. So a guy like this, uh, we're not talking about, you know, we're, we're not talking about like a, a locker room leader, you know, clubhouse president. No, we're talking about like the reliever that every one of the stars likes. So he gets to go to the cool star dinners, right? We're talking about like a universe in which Drew Smith is in the inner circle of the Mets Clubhouse. Yeah. <laughs> that guy has you so upset that you're like citing your resume. Like like he's like he's like, You don't know who I am. I don't even know who you are. And Aaron Ross is like, Yeah, sure you don't. Know. Like, okay. Like okay, dude. Like, what? It's preseason against a team you say you're so much better than. Against a team you think you're so much better than the quarterback of. Against a team that doesn't frankly have any linebackers like that are good. (laughs) They just traded a seventh round pick for one because they you know they they're taking shots. They got Bobby Okereke now wearing the green dot, and that is like their one linebacker that I think they would tell you is actually good. And you've got one of these guys from that unit talking a little, talking a little scruff, talking a little trash, keeping things fun with a little bump a little hey you know don't get too comfortable in that pocket i'm here for you even if i'm not making big contact i'm here for you we're getting to you don't trust your o-line you know you do what a linebacker and a d lineman does you're just trying to keep the buzz around the quarterback and aaron is like whoa dude did you just get in my five foot breathing space like hold on like oh my god and it's like really like what like who who cares aaron
2: yeah, I mean, I think I do think the reaction was a little strong because again, everyone knows Aaron Rodgers has nothing really left to prove in the long run. Like, I understand that this transition to New York is a big one and there's high expectations, but I just mean career-wise, we all know who Aaron Rodgers is. We all know, understand his dominance. We all understand his success. So I do understand where like it may be a bit overkill to in a preseason game feel the need to just be like, well, "Who he's, are you? I don't even, I don't dominance. even know who Love you are." Him. I do. I did find it interesting that they they did ask um they did ask Hottie after I mean days after the exchange occurred. I guess what he had to say. And and yeah and he he did say that like it, he 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 was he seemed insulted. He did seem slightly insulted, but that part of the part of the late contact, part of the contact and at least his rationale for some of the contact was because Randall Cobb hit Bobby McCain with an illegal block, and now Bobby McCain is in the concussion protocol.
0: No, that's actually really awesome and cool, and you you are a bad person if you try to stand up for your teammate, because if your teammate gets hurt intentionally by someone on the other team and you retaliate in any form, you should have your entire resume pulled up and examined and compared to this. Oh, no, I, I, I agree with you.
2: No, I agree like, with you. It's, bo- no, it's garb. No, I agree with you. It's garbage. Football is such an aggressive game with so much. That's the other thing I don't understand is there's so much smack talk. I don't even understand why it's a problem in the first place I, because... It's
0: not. The thing, the thing is not the smack talk. It's that Rodgers went back to the sideline. and was like, oh, I just owned him, dude. Like, I just totally... He oh, loved that was it. That was sick. That was sick. High fives all around man. I, I mean, but dude, he's had... like 36 years Old. right but he's had you a kill
2: cam- up right but he's had an hbo camera in his face all summer like what do you expect i was expect? just gonna say that it was like so so he knows hollywood he it knows, knows so how to play hollywood.
0: cool so he knows that say, like um, it made me cringe i don't cringe, even, I don't but even like, know who you are and just walking back to the sideline and not paying any mind to it would have been an objectively cool way to handle it instead he knows he has the camera on him and he's like dapping his boys up he's like oh yeah i totally got him yeah i was like i did you didn't dude, know I, I am i don't know on who you face. are dude like okay
2: yeah, I, it's not my favorite look at Rodgers, just for the it's preseason. It, no, lame. I yeah, it's
0: insecure, it's lame, and honestly, like if you want to go in the unnecessary route, I would say don't do that because a lot of stuff in football, little extracurriculars after the play, are unnecessary, right? But my point is more, if you're Aaron Rodgers, like if you're Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, and a guy hits you. And you're like, bro, I know I'm new here, but I don't even know who you are. Like, I watched NFL my whole life. I don't know who you are. Don't disrespect me like that with a hit like that. Linebacker will get you back a little. Oh, yeah. If, yeah. If no one knows who you are either. You, How many games you played? Zero. You know, like you have a fun little. Yeah. Experience. Yeah. This is someone who says that he is so above the rest. Yeah. <laughs> And then is actively like, oh dude, <laughs> do you see how much better I am than him? That's sick. <laughs> this yeah. mom, dude, like, get a grip, grow up. You're thirty. 30- he's. I had to look it up. He's thirty nine years old. No, yeah, I know.
2: It's. It's. He's old enough to be all of our fathers. Like, it's. Not
1: 36, he's thirty six. He's thirty nine. Yeah, it's
0: thirty nine years old, and he's <laughs> dapping up his boys after getting in a fight at recess and being like. Did you see the way Like Melanie was looking at me When I shoved Josh dude like, she, was, <laughs> she was so into that
1: recessed black top though
2: But here's Different But, but here's the question them. I do have for you guys It's a quick kind of Just a little off the dome Since we're talking about it Do you think that this exchange Will supplement the intensity When they do meet In the regular season When it, uh, Come October 29th Do we think that this is act- I hope that we're not still Like I I pray to God That it's not a headline Or a talking point Like this is their first meeting Since Aaron Rodgers Disgraced G hard but like i mean that was a nice little deep pa voice there i just don't but i just i no no but i'm saying
0: if aaron cares maybe it will supplement the intensity of that matchup because he's cut enough wwe promos for himself (laughs) against a second string linebacker to like really get into it but i think for the average person the the intensity of the matchup is going to be these two guys share home turf only one can be the best team let's find out who it is if anyone even brings up a preseason play that an, uh, a superstar quarterback got so uh, insulted by that he started like comparing LinkedIn's on the field. Like, let's just not feed into that. Like, I don't care.
1: I know you don't care. He looks like he doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> Done. That's yeah. my take on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not going to, by, by, when they play them, which I believe it's week eight at that point. Yeah, we're halfway if through. This is still somewhat of a talking point as far as it would go, which mm. it should be like today. This should be it. It's the last time that I should I would, hear I would about ho- this. I would hope not. Right? Um, Just because this is like the only thing that really went down last week in this big matchup. Um, If this is still a talking point, that's just... There should be so much bigger fish to be fried mm-hmm. by that point in the season. I, that shouldn't even be a question in the press room when it, when week eight comes. This is just yeah. Just someone, dumb. someone <laughs> <dumb>. with
0: some <laughs> blog wasn't even <laughs> going to get the up show. there and be like, "Aaron, <laughs> did it add any sort of motivation out there today to you know kind of throw." Jihad Ward's way And maybe try to beat him In some And then he's gonna say like Who And then everyone's (laughs) gonna laugh And they're gonna be like like, (laughs) Yeah man (laughs) I remember The the objective press Is gonna be like High-fiving in the battle Did he just Got him (laughs) He remembers Let's run it back To the show Who cares
2: We'll flash back To the show I I mean smile I mean The the other option that, That you do have Is you know Jihad Ward gets the last laugh and and makes and makes a little Aaron Rodgers joke of his own. It's oh, like he's I, say I send him to another darkness retreat
1: after that one, Bud.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, if he catches a pick or something good, he should keep his. They're mouth both going to
1: say eyes. they're both going to say who if any of them do anything of substance. Uh, and they're they're going to play on that little who? joke. Months There, Is there an owl Who's in that? here? Who's
0: like, that? Months practicing who? in the mirror for that too. Yo, yeah.
2: There's a lot of shadow boxing. Aaron Rodgers shadow yeah. boxing. That sounds about right. But- Listen,
0: really, really quick. T.J. Hawkinson's contract deals. T- contract details. Oh, that was just today. That oh, was today. Yeah. So yeah, let's yeah. let's have a quick thirty second chat about this extension. Everyone, just give a little vibe check on this for me. TJ Hawkinson getting a four year, sixty eight point five million dollar contract extension. Wow. It's going to reset sixty eight. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's going to reset the tight end market. Um, he gets a seventeen point one two five million annual average, wow. and his guarantee number is at forty two and a half. So he's been a hold in during training camp. Now he can gear up for that. Regular season opener against the Buccaneers is where the Vikings will start out. Um, 17 a year with 42 over the four years guaranteed. So that's 10 and a half out of his 17 guaranteed. What do we think, especially in light of all the running back pay issues? You know, the like running backs kind of a position that can catch balls and it's almost become a requirement. Like you're not getting a top deal unless you're a McCaffrey Camara Barkley right like you have to be able to do both tight ends you know struggle a lot in their rookie contracts because they've got a lot to learn they got to learn how to catch they got to learn how to block they, they got two jobs to learn receiver and lineman what do we think about this resetting the market for tight ends I like it I like TJ Hawkinson and I think that a position that has to learn two positions should be compensated adequately like I just don't I can see guys like Waller and Engram not getting the double payday because they really do just catch passes and and they don't block as much. But guys like Hawkinson and Kittle should be touching that extra money. And and maybe... They'll end up with the same amount of money that Kelsey gets just for being a fantastic receiver, right? But it would help balance things out. I, I like the Vikings doing this. I'm just not sure how confident I am in them to like win anything of significance.
2: I don't I mean, I don't see this being a game changer and I think it was the right move for them to make because just me personally, I don't think there are too many players more valuable at the tight end position than TJ Hawkinson and they last traded, year they was they
0: traded valuable draft capital for him. You gotta lock that in. You gotta
2: Right, exactly. And and but he was an absolute game-changer for them last year. I do think – you do make an interesting point, Chris, that like is that – will this set the new precedent for how tight ends expected expect to be compensated? Because, again, there are those two types of, of – uh tight ends the ones who are more well-rounded in both the actual o-line aspect of the position along with the you know reeling and catches part of the position and then you have some that are basically just an, an, an enormous wide receiver that that's just you know a more immobile wide receiver so i think i think locking down hawkinson was huge for for minnesota but i don't think that it brings them
1: an, an nfc title will yeah i mean i don't think they got they extended him off of his best season of his career. So he's a very solid tight end. I like him too. I'm not like super, super high on TJ Hawkinson. He's definitely up there. But the reason I emphasize not super, super high is because of this now extension. I don't know if he's like generational, reset the market type level of tight end. That That's just me personally. But you see a lot of progress in his career, we've seen a lot of progress in his career each year he gets a little bit better he tied his um career best for touchdowns in a season with six last year so in terms of Minnesota and he had
0: a, a mid season trade go up you know so yeah he did two mm-hmm. he different did.
1: settings for that and two different quarterbacks yeah, you know, um pretty cool even with that it, it is pretty cool but i I don't see him like elevating Minnesota higher than what they were last year. I think this contract is going to end up going down as like, okay, like he was very solid for them, good good tight end for four years, five years, however long it's going to be. And then that that was it because they're not going to do anything with it and then it's just going to – I mean, I don't think it will hurt them It seems anyway, like no? a bet that tight ends are going to continue
0: them. to get paid more over the next couple of years and that they're locking their More so that now. Yeah, you watch, of Minnesota. Uh, anyone watching winning time, you know. Magic Johnson signs twenty five million for twenty five years, which at the time was like, oh my god! And then five years into the deal, they were like, okay, so this guy's getting underpaid. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> it, it, it was that simple. Um, Jack, man, I, I only have one more thing I really want to talk about. So I think I know what you want to talk about. Take us home, man.
2: So I guess as of the last few days, r- the most notable roster move of any kind. I understand that you know most of the like I mentioned earlier in the episode most uh, teams have, you know, sliced down to their fifty-three man rosters. But we're talking this isn't a conversation about fifty-three men. This is a conversation about one man, and he is a quarterback by the name of Trey Lance. Now Trey Lance was just recently traded to the Dallas Cowboys from the San Francisco 49ers. Uh they he was traded to Dallas for a 2024 fourth round pick. And since landing in that now it seemed kind of inevitable once, you know, the quarterback you know the 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 plan for who was going to start for the San Francisco 49ers which they ended up going with Sam Donald I believe correct it was Purdy. It, oh, Brock Purdy
1: Sam, they, Sam got Purdy to start yeah that Donald okay sorry my, that's
2: my apologies uh Brock Purdy Sam Donald those were the two basically that were viewed as the more I guess we'll say realistic options for the San Francisco 49ers leaving Trey Lance to either be you know, twiddle his thumbs as a third stringer or or go elsewhere.
0: Like, he could have earned the second string designation in camp, which frankly, mm. I thought he did over Darnold. But well, Darnold just played slightly worse football than Lance and in a style that was very much more San Francisco and Shanahan.
2: Which I think more people on social media kind of took notice of because there were a lot of people that were like, yes, Trey Lance is not enough to be the starter of the San Francisco 49ers. But he was. A lot of people took exception to Sam Darnold being put above him.
0: You know what? I don't think Darnold was put above him. I think I think the Niners wanted to leave an or on their death chart. I think they said Purdy starter, Darnold or Lance backup. Lance's agent said, "We're not doing that. Pick one. Either make him the QB two and give him a, a real chance here, or make him the QB three and put him on the block like yesterday." And they made their choice. <laughs> they said, "Okay, we'll cut bait. We're trying to win games. We're not going to sit here." And just, like, wait out the development of our quarterback when we have one that can play now. You look back to that draft, I think everyone in their godmother had Trevor Lawrence number one, you know, as the quarterback for that draft. Yeah. Um, Zach Wilson went number two. I had... Trey Lance as the number two guy I had Fields three and Wilson four how funnily that age that either Wilson or or Lance were in were in uh, contention for people above fields who I think just with his rushing provides a higher floor than both of those guys here's the thing though you should never if you don't have faith in yourself if you don't think hey I know what I'm talking about then yeah, you should wash over your draft evaluations as soon as the guy hits the league and just start paying attention to what you know they're doing and what the pros are the the pro analysts are saying about them in camp or whatever. But if you do have any modicum of faith in your own evaluations, like hold on to those things, right? I had Trey Lance as QB two in his draft. I personally have reason to believe that he can be a starting quarterback at the NFL level, and so going to a team where he's playing behind Dak, who doesn't necessarily have the best. Uh, long-term bill of health uh, I think is a good opportunity for him I like Trey Lance I think he needs to like dial the hell in when it comes to commanding an offense it really feels like he is on like a snowboard tied to the back of a truck that's driving through New York City and he's just like along for the ride trying to hold on trying Mm -hmm. to like go back and forth and I I really think if he just decides, hey, I'm going to get in that driver's seat and I'm only going to drive 15 miles an hour, but I'm going to steer and drive the car, that it could do a lot for him. Funnily enough, playing more in that 49ers style of play. I just think for him to get there, he's the kind of talent where he needs to stretch his arms a little too far get a little too close to the sun and then figure out how far he can stretch himself when to take those risks at those big athletic plays that really only guys like him have access to with his game breaking tools and athleticism. This is still a guy who for me, like isn't just uh, an upside shot. Like he's a lottery ticket you trade for this. This is really worth a fourth round pick. And, And that's tough because what teams are doing in the fourth round recently is really good. Um, And Up until the fifth round, teams are like drafting really well now. There's so much talent coming in. But I think it's worth it for the Cowboys because of just the upside this kid carries. If they had a high draft evaluation on him, I love the trade. If they didn't like him in the draft and now we're like, oh, but we could get him for this, he's screwed from the start.
1: I think right now this is a massive L for the 49ers. It could turn into a W for them if they do something with that pick. It's a W for Trey Lance. He needed to get out of there, like you were saying, like you say, Chris. Yesterday, he needed to get out the out of forty out of San Francisco. Yesterday, um, Jack last week, you, you had Tampa as a you know a solid destination, as a possible destination, and I for him. still think that would be would have been a really solid spot. But now, you know what you're saying, Chris, with the longevity question marks on Dak Prescott, I think this is it, another really good solid fit, and he can sit behind a um you know more of a polished starter rather than if he went to tampa sitting behind baker mayfield who is not you know such of a polished starter he would be in more of a um contention for that starting spot rather than where he's at in dallas where it's more on the heels of if dak gets hurt now we have trey lance for the 49ers though you know they traded up for trey lance they thought he was going to be the guy did not take over what is already and still a very solid team since that you know draft mishap. Mm. Um, still just not not great for them, though. Not great at all. Um, but their, their situation is fine with or without him. Draft-wise, you definitely look at it and you're like, that was a huge miss. But I'll yeah. ask you guys, though. I mean, I would have taken Darnold over Lance with the 49ers situation. Would you guys have done the same? Because no. I have, I'd, I'd, I I think if I just don't per, feel like Purdy I would. doesn't live up to that Cinderella hype, I think Darnold would be fine slotting He's the in the closest to his play style. So I would, I would, I would put in Darnold My because the 49ers are in a set uh, in a situation to win rather than to continue to see if Trey Lance has. Trey it or Lance
0: not. can do what Darnold does, so that's the thing for me. Like if Trey Lance was actually bad, and then like was an active liability out there, then I would be like, no, you don't just bet on his upside over a good quarterback. Sam Darnold is not a good quarterback. We think that now in what year five coming up of his NFL career that he may be has the potential to be a viable starter who doesn't actively lose you games. This is the guy we're talking about here. This is not some like, oh, Tyrod Taylor or Trey Lance. Do you take the steady handed veteran or do you take the shot on the kid? This is Sam Darnold we're talking about who just fought for his life to be the quarterback two on a team where the quarterback could hand the ball off four times a game and Shanahan would be happy. I mean, sorry, throw the ball four times a game, hand them off the rest and Shanahan would be happy. So like. Trey Lance can do what Darnold does and then he's also more athletic and he's also better at throwing a football and he's also faster and he's all like and
2: we're also now in the era of the the, you know I think the the physique the excuse me the physique and the type of athlete that Sam Darnold is is more of a less mobile quarterback more of a if we're looking at the people that we grew up with um, you know more of a Ben Roethlisberger or more of a or a Tom Brady or more of those kind of people. Whereas now we're in the we're in the era of the mobile quarterback. And I think Trey Lance fits that, you know, he fits that mold much better than a Sam Darnold would. Where his athleticism alone, not to mention, I do agree with Chris that he is better at throwing the ball than Sam Darnold. I also think his overall athleticism and his mold as an athlete is far more projectable than Sam Darnold's is. Um but he did say upon arrival in Dallas that it was a breath of fresh air to be in a new city and in a new situation but that is just about it for today's episode of NFL Friday you can catch us on where uh, for WFUV Sports wherever you get your podcasts for Chris Persiainen and Will Talent I'm Jack Warner saying so long